The reading is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, verses 16 to 31. And in the Church Bibles, you'll find it on page 986. Jesus is speaking. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet, I tell you, not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and all these things will be given to you as well. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Good morning. Shall we pray? Lord, may the words that I speak come only from you. Open our hearts and our minds to hear what you have to say to us here in this place this morning. Amen. So today we're celebrating harvest. What is harvest about? This isn't going to be one of those sermons where you can just sit there and listen, by the way, just a heads up. What's harvest about? Sorry? 
Gathering in the harvest, gathering in the crops. Anything else? Giving thanks. Yeah. So I did ask Martha, my five-year-old, and her answer was, it's about, about saying thank you for the crops and giving food to churches. That's almost it, isn't it? So Harvest Festival used to be celebrated at the beginning of the harvest season, on the 1st of October, and it was called La Masse, meaning loaf mass. And farmers made loaves of bread from the new wheat crop and gave them to their local church. But it was hundreds of years later that we started celebrating harvest as we do now in churches with the service at the end of the harvest season. And this was because of a bold move by, Rob, by Reverend Robert Harker in 1843, who decided to invite his parishioners to a service to give thanks for the harvest. And because of that, we're celebrating it in this way today. Now, thinking about our reading, have we got any farmers here today? No? That could have been a bit of a curveball for me if we did. Um, it makes it harder to understand what a Bible reading is getting at if we can't relate to the experience. Now, this is a farmer in today's reading who has harvested a lot more crops than he thought. And his reaction is he wants to build a bigger barn. He wants to kick back and take it easy. So let's try and think about what that might mean for us today. I've got an envelope here. Would anybody like to come and open the envelope and see what's in it? Yeah, come on then. Come and open it. You need to tell us all what's inside. It says it's a winning lottery ticket, and that's definitely authentic, isn't it? Look at it. Definitely not a fake. So you've just won the lottery. Any idea what you'd do if you'd just run, won the lottery? Buy chocolate? <laughs> Bethany, what would you do if you'd just won the lottery? Buy a bigger barn, would you? Okay. Do you want to go and sit down? You can take your winning ticket with you if you want. What would any of the rest of us do? Lewis? Save half of it and invest the other. We've got a, a shrewd businessman in our midst. <laughs> so, anything else? Philip? You didn't put your hand up. Yeah, Andrea? Move. <laughs> give it away. Jill would give it away. So, with the lottery win... <laughs> With that lottery win, we'd find ourselves in the same position as that farmer at the start of today's reading. There would be a temptation to buy luxury items, to buy a big house, to buy lots of chocolate. Um, Bethany would build a barn. Um, there would be the must-have items that we would want to buy that would mean that we had made it in life. Now, very slight advance warning although it's already on the screen, I'm going to mention the C word. That's right, Christmas. Has anyone noticed the Christmas stuff in the shops already? And who has already bought some mince pies? <laughs> Andy has. <laughs> has anyone been in Home Bargains in the last week or so? You might have seen that Home Bargains has outdone themselves this year with glitter and brightly colored plastic. In fact, if I did allow myself to be governed by a two-year-old, then I would have left the shop with a tinsel-covered giant candy cane the other day. <laughs> Marks and Spencers is, of course, a bit more subtle, 
with a rather posh-looking Christmas food-to-order brochure as you walk in. And if you spend £85 on food before mid-November, then you can get a free bottle of wine. I'm not trying to encourage you all to dash up to M&S after the service, by the way. I'm trying to point out that we have reached the time of year when we are encouraged to stock up, to buy food, to fill our cupboards in preparation. We are greeted with incentives and early bird offers that convince us to buy things long in advance of when we need them. And most of the time, we are convinced to buy stuff we don't even need. Andy talked about that a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? I saw this article on Facebook the other week. Next slide, please. about a mum who had done her Christmas shopping in September. Does anyone think that's quite a lot of toys? It's quite a few, isn't it? So this mum spent 105 pounds on this lot, and in the article, she said, it was great because everything was so cheap, I could buy twice as much as normal. Now this is a mum who really loves her children and wants them to have a really lovely Christmas. But do we think her children need all those toys? And why do we seem to think that we have to buy so many presents? The thing is, we're often faced with these situations. And instead of thinking about how else we could use our money or how we could give our money to a good cause, we're sort of programmed by the adverts, by media to say, oh, and I can buy even more for my money. What a bargain. And I'm guilty of this. Some of you might know that we live a very short walk from Marks and Spencer's. I think that's the second time I've mentioned them this morning. I'm not being sponsored by them. We quite like going on what we call a yellow sticker run. And sometimes, when we have been really bad at planning ahead and we're tired, we go over and we see if we can get ourselves a yellow sticker dinner. Now, this has varying results, as I'm sure you can imagine. We did this last week. I've taken a picture. It's going to be on the screen. And as you can see, we had an interesting dinner. I think we had the croissant the next day. The problem is, when you buy one packet of not just chocolate eclairs, but M&S chocolate eclairs, the best you'll ever taste, and they're 25p instead of £2, and there are loads of them on the shelf, you are confronted with the thought of, ooh, I could get a lot more for my money here. So did I come home with 10 boxes of chocolate eclairs to get my £2 worth? I could have done, I could have put them all in the freezer. Well, I will confess that we have one box in the freezer. (laughs) Just for that chocolate eclair emergency shortage situation. But if we see an opportunity like that and load our trolley with as much as we can afford to buy, then get home and realize, realize we need a bigger freezer, then we're just like the rich fool in the story, aren't we? Storing stuff up for ourselves. We need to be really careful. We're not focused on the material or on the things that we buy. So what should we be focused on? We should be focused on God. The second part of our reading today tells us do not worry. That's quite a difficult task, isn't it? Do not worry. I think that every time I read it. But the message version, I think, explains it a little bit better. It says, steep yourself in God reality. Can anybody offer me a definition or explain what it means to steep yourself in something? It sounds like it could be a bit messy. It's not. What does it mean? 
yeah, possibly to immerse yourself in, in something. It's basically a fancy way of saying to spend a lot of time learning or thinking about something. We are called to focus on God and what God wants us to be doing instead of worrying about what we eat or the clothes we are wearing. Jesus tells us in this reading that God will provide for us. God will give us everything we need. The problem is that we don't always trust that, do we? We think that we provide for ourselves. We think that if we stop working, if we stop doing, then the world stops sometimes. And we also confuse what we need and what we want. And we're going to test that now with a little game that I have very inventively titled Want or Need. Choose wisely. Basically, I'm going to show you a picture on the screen and you need to shout out to say whether it's something that you think you want or something that you think you need. So first picture. A house. Need, yeah, we all need somewhere to live. We all need a roof over our heads. Next one. Now, this is not just a car, and it's not a Marks and Spencer's car either. Is this a need or a want? So a mode of transport, this is backfiring, a mode of transport could be a need, but a fancy gold Porsche, I think that's a want. That's a bit of a luxury, isn't it? Next one then. Need. Okay, fruit and vegetables to keep us healthy, food to sustain us. Next one. <laughs> want. <laughs> Come on, who wants that one? <laughs> Next one. Need. We need an iPad, do we? <laughs> See, I'd say that's a want. We don't need an iPad. What about this one? Needs. Yeah, we all need water to drink. So there were some tempting wants up there. And some of us were trying to convince ourselves and each other that actually the wants were a need. And we do this. We're human. But ultimately, we can all recognize what it is we need. We all know when actually this is something that we desire. It's a want. Our God loves us so deeply and will provide us with what we need. It's not always what we want. And that's a challenge. God is like a loving parent. Has anyone, this has certainly happened in my house recently, has anyone ever really wanted a chocolate biscuit? And been told no but have an apple or a piece of toast. Well, that's a loving parent, not always giving in to what their child wants, but instead offering them what will sustain them and keep them healthy. That's what God does. He provides for our needs. And isn't that pretty awesome? We know that God is going to provide for us, which means that we can focus on that last bit of today's reading. And that's about seeking God's king kingdom. And so whilst I've spent time today talking about some of the pitfalls we can find ourselves in, when we want stuff and we put that above our needs, or when we're a bit greedy or we overindulge, we're also in a society that values acts of kindness. The only problem at the moment is we see headlines talking about acts of kindness. 
And whilst they're headlines, whilst they're newsworthy stories, it means that actually there's not enough of them. Our local food bank is doing a fantastic job, and I know people here volunteer and help out there. I also know that I rarely remember to put stuff in the bin, and I need to try and do it more. The food bank bin, that is. <laughs> there are so many charities working hard to share the gospel message of love. Pay it forward. Has anybody heard of pay it forward? So lots of our local cafes do that, and you buy yourself a coffee, you buy yourself a meal, and you can buy another one for somebody who comes in who doesn't have the money. That's a great thing to do. And I saw on Facebook yesterday a message from Canterbury Food Bank where the owner of a cafe has provided vouchers for food bank users and volunteers to be able to get themselves a coffee and a sandwich. And when you look around at things like that, that's when we see God at work. God is at work when we see kindness and generosity of spirit. But we need to see more of it and we need to do more of it. We can bring others to encounter God, to know God, and to share that message in the knowledge that God loves us and God will provide with what, us with what we need. One of the things we're doing here is trying to reach out and step out into the community, get closer to the community. That's about stepping out of our little bubbles. Paulette said again last week, what goes on in here is for out there. And a great way to do that is through acts of kindness. We can do those acts of kindness. We can do those things trusting that God will meet all of our everyday human concerns. So as we say thank you today for everything that God gives to us, let's also reflect on how we can reach out. How can we make a difference? If we do have that lottery win, if we do get that winning ticket, if we do come into some money, what should we be doing with, with it? What could we be doing it, with it? to share something of God's kingdom.